We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 266. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And this is the late April freeze. Not my favorite thing ever. No. I mean... It happens, though, a lot. It does. Yeah. I I really wasn't sure if we were going to have any because we we were going 60s, 70s and warming way up. That's what I was hoping, but it came. It it sure did, you know. Yeah. And uh, freeze warnings came down to along and uh, north of Highway 60, and then uh, frost advisories from us, northern Arkansas, northeast Oklahoma. Right, we got down pretty low. I mean, did you see that? Yeah, two nights in a row. Yeah, and this morning was colder than last night. I noticed that. <laughs> we were 29.5 degrees yesterday morning. And we bottomed out at 28.4 degrees this morning. So that's kind of almost a hard, in, in 28, a hard freeze? Oh, got, yeah. I got some climatology it here is. I want to talk about. But uh, anyway, we are back. Last week we did the um, uh, sun safety. So Dr. Wilbers told us about how to stay out of the sun or how to protect us from the sun. He, he doesn't say don't go in the sun, but you got to know what to do if you go in the sun. But uh, we've had, yeah, aside from the cold, we had like that one more round of severe weather last Thursday. Um, it wasn't as bad. I think that the, the tornadic stuff was down in Arkansas again, wasn't it? In St. Louis. Yeah, but I mean, they had enough hail signatures to, you know, render a severe uh, weather event. Severe thunderstorm warnings were, were issued for us. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a watch issued, and just a few minutes later, a warning was issued. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, cold front came was coming through, really powerful cold front. And I noticed on the watch, we were like right on the corner, <laughs> right on that southwest <laughs> yeah. corner. But um, they were thinking that was going to happen, the cold front, but they weren't sure exactly where that initiation line was. Because the the front, well, one of the, the leading front came through. Uh, early and then the main front came through later and they popped just to the west of us. I mean that cap it, it did it did what it was supposed to. The cap was there, then the cap eroded, then the thunderstorm was fired. Unlike that last event. And uh, St. Louis, I have friends in St. Louis and they said that was a scary uh-huh. thing because Okay, did you see that storm around Sullivan? Was it Sullivan or a little? I mean, it was a tight wrapper, man. It was tornado warned. Wow, going right towards St. Louis, and then it kind of fanned out, and then the line congealed, and they still had tornado warnings on that. Um, we did. You you said we just we got some hail. Uh, it wasn't tennis ball. That was the last event. Yeah, it wasn't so bad this time. Um, I was watching that. Uh tornado event they had over in uh east of oklahoma city last week remember that? oh yeah talk about that that, that was, was pretty wild. wild uh the tornado uh warned storm or the actual rotation was so tightly wound and it, it wasn't just going in a straight line this thing was wobbling it created its own environment and wow. uh it was going east and it would just dart to the north and then it would uh it would occlude, it would recycle, and then it just it killed a few people over there. That's crazy. Now, was it like EF3? I mean, it was a big one, wasn't it? Uh, EF2, EF3. I don't think it ever got to EF4, possibly maybe a little for a few minutes. But uh, it was uh, it, it took a while for it to actually produce a tornado. Now, there was a mesocyclone that had formed over there, and it was a, a an LP uh, situation to where it was absolutely 
picturesque. It, you saw some oh, video yeah. of it. It yeah. was just beautiful. Uh, big supercell over there, uh, just east. Well, it was in the Moore and Norman area. Of course, Moore is the hotbed for oh, yeah. tornadic thunderstorms. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. But this thing ended up doing some damage in Shawnee. It killed some people over in Cole, Oklahoma. Shawnee, the uh, Oklahoma Baptist University, got hit pretty good, so it did some damage there. Wow, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's that time of year. Uh, They weren't in in any more than a slight risk for severe weather that day, but when you have a slight risk in in April... In April and May, you gotta pay attention, and to especially that. in Oklahoma. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and for for our non-weather people, LP uh, stands for low precipitation. You have HP and LP, high precipitation, low precipitation supercells. So if you get an LP supercell, that means low precipitation. And like Corey said, it's just beautiful. You look at it, ominous, almost scary. And I, well, I was driving home. I think. Because you were telling me, do this, and I was trying to download oh, yeah, the app. I remember that. I was, I remember that. Uh, or did I say that? No, I wasn't driving home. Yeah, I pulled over. You said yeah. you were... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I pulled well, over. Well, I sent you that app <laughs> or the link. It's it's just TV station I watch over in uh, Oklahoma City. So uh, And they know what they're doing. Yeah, they do. They've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, the Oklahoma City and the Tulsa guys. Yeah. It's you know, the same company. Oh, Okay. Both those TV stations. But Travis are. is in Oklahoma City, and oh. the David guy? David's in Oklahoma no. City. No, Travis David's Oklahoma City. Travis is in, okay, Tulsa. I don't know. But yeah, Owned those by guys. the Griffin Company, those TV stations Griffin. Are. Griffin is also Pancake and Waffle Syrup, same company. Really? You can buy it at Walmart here in Branson. <laughs> Griffin's also your youngest kid's name. Yeah, that, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So that was last week, and that cold front came through uh, Friday, and just a reinforcing shot of cold air came on. And we, we'd we been talking about it, a lot of people were talking about it, that Saturday night into Sunday morning, the potential for the potential for a hard freeze was there. And I've got some uh, data on that. Uh, the National Weather Service Springfield, uh, the four main reporting stations... Uh, with the ASOS, uh, Automated Surface Observation System, Springfield, Joplin, Vichy, Rolla, and West Plains. Springfield did not break the record. Springfield only got down to 29. The The record was 28 in 1956. Joplin did break a record. They got down to 30, uh, which broke a record of 33 in 1909. Rolla, Vichy got down to, oh, check this, 24. That's crazy. Yeah, but and their nice. previous record was 31. Huh. And also in 1903, hmm, correlation. And then West Plains uh, did not. They got 29. Their old record was 28. So, got yeah, boy, I got that one. Uh, and they they thought it was going to, I, I think, they were thinking it's not going to get as cold, you know, for Sunday night, Monday morning. Then all of a sudden, frost advisories came out all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping I was going to have to bring those tomatoes in, but I did. They stayed in the entire, well, I brought them in Saturday night. They stayed in all day Sunday because I didn't want to bring them in again Sunday night. So I just right. let them sit in the living room all day. There you go. How are they doing? They're doing fine. It's uh, they're, they're growing. I got some blooms. So Ooh, we'll cool. Uh, okay, I got just a little bit of a spring freeze climatology from the National Weather Service. So uh, it's actually a big graphic. I'm just going to say part of it. Uh, We'll talk about Springfield. Uh, What they call a 32 degrees is what they would consider a freeze. So the earliest freeze for Springfield, uh, climatologically, March 22nd, the latest freeze, May 3rd, and the median is April 9th. So when you talk about a hard freeze, that's uh, 28 degrees or lower, of course. For Springfield, the earliest was March 9th, and the latest was April 18th. Now, this is, we're talking April 23rd here, but we, yeah. we just got a frost. We didn't get much. And the median for that is April 3rd. And you can see that it's, it's all over the place uh, from the National Weather Service. So that was some spring climatology. And they are going to, uh, as long as it's going to get cold, if it gets below, they're going to continue to issue the freeze and frost advisories because we are in the growing season now. That's right. Matter of fact, uh, a little bit later, our weather school is all about frost and freeze. I'll do that. 
Uh, the normal high we're talking about uh, is 71. <laughs> we're in the 70s already. 71 and 48. Next week, the high, which should be the 1st of May. Normal high, 72.51. And we're going to be uh, talking about some clammy and rainy stuff. So, Corey, let's get to your segment. Model Minute. Model Minute. What do they say? the model minute yeah i've been hearing lots of chatter about a a lot of rain not heavy but a lot so if you would indulge and what do you see what do you want to know because uh i've been looking at the old forecast lately and at first they said it was going to rain today then they kind of pushed it off till tonight and then you know it's like well now there's a 40 percent chance tonight earlier today there was a 10% 10% chance for tomorrow now, and now it's a little higher than that. Okay. Yeah, it, it has been changing. 20% chance is what the the grid says for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when I'm looking at the G, uh, GFS, and I'm looking on my phone tonight. Uh-oh. But, yeah, uh, we got a little system coming through. looks like some of it could be a bit heavy at times, especially uh, tomorrow. When's 18Z? About uh, 18Z, that's 1 p.m. 1. Yeah, you're right. Uh, maybe tomorrow about noon, we got a little bit of heavier uh, precip. I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. Interesting. No, no, no severe weather or anything like that. But uh, it's just uh, nothing to write home about. It's honestly, we need it. We're dry. For April, what, what do we got? Yeah. An, oh, a, shoot. A little over an inch. We don't even have two inches when April's over. Oh, that's where's right. It's where's the 24th? Now, I'll tell you this. My location over the other side of Branson, I believe, has had more rain than you have. Because I we agree. got some uh, two storms. And one of those storms, I got almost an inch of rain in 15 minutes. How crazy that's that true. was. That's true, yeah. So, and I got like 0.16. Right, <laughs> right, right. So it just goes to show how, how different the, the amounts can be. Yeah. Our, our official at Stormdare headquarters, 1.46. Not, not even an inch and a half. And this April. Jeez. Okay. Well, that's not wow. good. Now, they're really talking, you know, over where I'm from in Oklahoma. They're talking drought already again, and it's too early to bring that D word up. But they're yeah. already in a drought. They never really uh, exited the drought from, from last season, you know, over there. So... Uh, we did, so we reset our system a little bit, but we we don't need we need we need a, a wet May. We do really do. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, tomorrow, the next day, and maybe even Thursday now is looking at some wetness. Uh, but I, I got my eyes set for uh, Friday evening. Actually, uh, you know, I looked at the grid to see what it what if it. Uh, Corresponded with what I'm seeing here. Uh, huh. Got a line going through here. It looks like it could possibly have some thunder with it. Yet really? I don't see the word thunder in the grid forecast anywhere. Yeah, they. I don't think they do that. All I see is chance of shower, chance of shower. Chance right, of shower. right. Well, yeah, but well, if it's you, a line, yeah, you got a line going through, and then you got a low pressure system coming through. I'm looking Kansas City, and then sliding to the southeast. Okay. Okay. And uh, you got a big comma head type thing above, I mean, right around the Topeka area with even some blue in there. That, that That's signifying the possibility of snow with that over in uh, northeastern Kansas. Just a big comma head associated with that big line that goes through. That's that's after the big line goes through. So that could be something to watch. What you're describing sounds kind of like a classic pretty pretty potent system. Right, it does. It absolutely does. But, but the forecast... Isn't uh, a chance of showers? So we'll right. see how that. We'll see how. It, I wouldn't surprise me if that forecast didn't change a little bit if if this model st- stays, you know, consistent. So. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot, I, and I was really surprised too because when I made the post earlier this evening, uh, it was a twenty percent. Now, it's, when you said forty, I was like, really? So I check it. They've upped it. Yeah. Is that stuff? Is there stuff coming in? I see stuff on radar over there. I in saw Oklahoma. some stuff. On the uh, Tulsa radar and over in Kansas earlier, I haven't seen him lately. But then he got another system, you know, way later in the in the forecasts or in the uh, in the model. We're we're yeah. into May by now, May third. So oh, okay. every few days in May, we got another system coming through. So 
Well, that's kind of that good. Time of year. Yeah, it's that time of year. And and May, we we really got to watch too because and it, they don't look like they're you know. Of course, it's two weeks out, but it also looks like uh, something you wouldn't want to mess with. I mean, even though two oh. weeks out, I mean, it doesn't look like a, a line. It looks like. Uh, a bunch of uh, individual cells. Oh, more of a single cell event. So, but Ooh. but I'm talking Kansas and Oklahoma right now. Oh, okay, okay. So, and then the loop ends. But it looks like it could get interesting later. It looks pretty active in a couple of weeks, which is to be expected. But we do need the rain. Do we need the storms? Well, that's just you know. That comes That's icing the, on the cake the <laughs> for us. That's the time of year. Yeah. Now, I, I did hear a lot of people, even the WPC, the Weather Prediction Center, you know, a good, what, one and a half, you know, spread that over three days, which is really what we need. We need yeah, rain, is. but we don't need it all at once. And that's kind of what it looks like is going to happen. Um, according to the grids, it looks like the heaviest, quote unquote, uh, or most confident, I'll say, chance of Steady showers would be Wednesday night into Thursday. Kind of like uh, that's before that big front you were talking about, right? right? Yeah. Uh, temperatures are going to be, I mean, we're in this cool cool segment right now. I mean, temperatures are below average. They're in the 60s. Lows are in the 40s. Uh, I don't see any freezing. I mean, can you pop the thermals on there real quick? See if I, gonna... I did. I don't see anything uh, too concerning. Okay. I always have to look because I have a bunch of stuff that I have to bring in. So, All right. Uh, and I'm lucky that, I mean, usually I, by now I'd have had to have brought them in many times, but I've only had to bring them in once, so I can't complain too bad. That's good. You know. Yeah. So. And we're going to, I mean, we're going to. And it's going to be May soon. So. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, May 4th, is that it? When that snowed a few years ago? May 4th. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Or May the 4th be with you or whatever like that, that was. <laughs> Okay, well, we did that, so uh, let's get to the, mm, if I can find it, next segment. The Storm Bird Watching Report. Well, you have some news. I do. Don't you have a Hummer? Oh, I have lots of Hummers. Oh, you have lots of them. Old news by now. Oh. I mean, I've had them for two or three My weeks. My mother still hasn't seen one. What's up with that? I don't know. She's got, everything's out, and... She sits in the kitchen and plays her game. She's got a perfect oh, view. I got, I'm consistent. I have to replenish my my feed tomorrow because it's so low. They've been drinking it so much. So, wow. Yeah. Now, I got a new hummingbird feeder last week because we did redid our decorations outside. So I did something a little out of the ordinary, and it's something I just didn't know for sure. I got a non-red hummingbird feeder. You know, you you would think, and people say this, that they're attracted to the red, but don't put the red dye in the feed because it'll right. mess up. As long as the hummingbird feeder is red or the flowers they go to is red, the, it can be clear uh, liquid, right? Yeah, yeah. do not dye your, okay. your hummingbird feed. Yeah. My hummingbird feeder has zero red on it, but it matches all my other stuff. It's turquoise. <laughs> it has some pink, pink flowers and turquoise. Okay. So, so it has to have like flowers. I mean, resemblance on it, but okay. no red whatsoever. But no red. So I was like, man, I'm gonna put this out, but I'm also going to put out my other feeder, kind of, sort of close to it to see which one it attracts more. Right. Yeah. Well, I got my new feeder out. And I went ahead, I made a big batch of hummingbird food, so I had enough. And I was filling both of the feeders up, and my old feeder broke. Oh. So I couldn't test it out. Oh, no. Okay. So I went ahead and put that other one up, and it's like they were immediately attracted to it. No red. They didn't care. They didn't care. They just knew where now, the got some the tropical food. flowers painted on it, but they're like yellow and, and, and kind of an orange color. No red whatsoever, so I just didn't know. People said, that's not red. It's not going to attract a hummingbird. No. They're they, right. They don't have to have red at all. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, just I, an old I, wives tale. Well, mom's listening to this. I mean, she, she's got the typical where, you know, it's clear and then the red with the right yellow flowers, right. which looks like flowers. Yeah. I tell you, the bees are out. Uh, I saw a bumblebee out playing disc golf I today. I saw one uh, earlier, too. <laughs> 
I love them. They're the so ants, stupid. The ants are out there trying to get to my hummingbird feeder, but I got a little moat up there. You yeah. Fill it with water. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of ants out lately, and uh, some wasps up there trying to get to the hummingbird food. So. Oh, okay. But I got the hummers out. I, I had to spray for wasps. They 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 were deciding they were going to build a nest, and I got oh, yeah. the beginnings of the paper nest. I was like, oh no 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 no. So I I got rid of those really really quick. Yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. So if uh, mom. Let me know. I mean, I know you will, but hopefully next week. She she did say that she expects that she will have some by the 1st of May. So the last couple of weeks. I officially, now, there were reports of Brant and Branson getting them a week before I did in this area. Phil did but, in Miriam Woods, yeah. But I was gone for a long time. I worked. We could have had them. I put it out a while back. Right. But I, I made a note here of when I officially saw my first hummer. Now, first time I actually saw one, there was probably more before that. But my first hummingbird of this year occurred at 10.52 a.m. on April 12th, which is three days earlier than what my normal would be. So, But my hunch is I got one earlier. I just didn't see them. So. That, but that's, April 12th. That's pretty precise. So that's... that's uh, <laughs> What is today? The twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Yeah. 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 Twelve days. So I figure if I keep a record every year, maybe I can tell how many tornadoes we're going to have later. So. There you go. <laughs> oh, a good cross reference. That's great. Exactly. We'll see. Oh, I know that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. If you have any, if you see any hummers or any type of birds, mail us, email us at uh, yep. stormdarweather at gmail dot com. So, all right. Let's get to the next segment. <laughs> It's been kind of polleny. I mean, tr- trees are way out there today. Yeah. Well, they have been. Uh, got a little change this week with all the rain coming in. Uh, Monday, which is today, the readings are high. Tuesday, medium high. Wednesday and Thursday, medium, which again makes sense. Friday is back to medium high. The predominant pollens are oak, ash, and birch. Where's cedar? I don't know, but I'm definitely. We talked about this. I'm definitely seeing the the yellow on my. We car. have yellow all over everything at work right now. So uh, I mean, the other night, the other day when it rained, that night we got pollen on top of that rain, and it just made like a <laughs> a yellow paint all over the concrete. So I got out the blower, and it wouldn't blow away because it was you know oh no liquefied into the rain, <laughs> and it just dyed the entire concrete. Yellow. Oh, no. So, yeah. I kind of do that in my car. I was going to take run my car through the car wash, and I thought, you know, it's going to rain. So I'm, I, yeah. I like nature's car wash. There That's what go. I do. All right. Well, uh, I brought back the uh, weather school, Frost and Freeze. It explains uh, how it can happen, what the weather service does to protect crops, and all sorts of stuff like that. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. The National Weather Service has placed the area under a frost advisory. Typically, frost can occur when the temperature falls below 36 degrees, especially in rural areas. It is a localized phenomena and can be quite variable across a small area. While the National Weather Service does not keep track of frost in observations per se, they do keep track of when temperatures hit the freezing mark or fall below. Frost becomes more widespread when the temperature falls below 32 degrees, with some freeze possible. Let's talk about the different types of frost. There's hoar frost, also called radiation frost, and that refers to white ice crystals deposited on the ground or loosely attached to exposed objects such as wires or leaves. It forms on cold, clear nights when conditions are such that heat radiates out to the open air faster than it can be replaced from nearby sources, like 
wind, or warm objects. Hoarfrost may develop even when the air temperature a few feet above the ground is well above freezing. The word hoar, H-O-A-R, comes from an old English adjective that means showing signs of old age. In this context, it refers to the frost that makes trees and bushes look like white hair. There's white frost, and that is a solid deposition of ice that forms directly from water vapor in the air. White frost forms when the relative humidity is above 90% and the temperature is below 18 degrees. It grows against the wind direction, and the wind can't be too strong or else it damages the delicate icy structures as they begin to form. White frost resembles a heavy coating of hoarfrost with big interlocking crystals, usually needle-shaped. There's window frost, also called fern frost or ice flowers, and that forms when a glass pane is exposed to very cold air on the outside and warmer and moderately moist air on the inside. If the pane is not a good insulator, for example, if it's a single window pane, then water vapor condenses on the glass, forming frost patterns. With very low temperatures outside, frost can appear on the bottom of the window, even with double pane energy efficient windows, because the air advection between the two panes of glass ensures that the bottom part of the glazing unit is colder than the top part. On unheated motor vehicles, the frost will usually form on the outside surface of the glass first. There's advection frost, also called wind frost, and that refers to tiny ice spikes that form when very cold wind is blowing over tree branches, poles, and other surfaces. It looks like rimming on the edges of flowers and leaves and usually forms against the direction of the wind. It can occur at any hour, day, or night. Black frost, or a killing frost, is not strictly speaking frost at all because it is the condition seen in crops when the humidity is too low for frost to form, but the temperature falls so low that plant tissues freeze and become blackened, hence the term black frost. Black frost is often called killing frost because white frost tends to be less cold, partly because the latent heat of the freezing of the water reduces the temperature drop. There's rime, R-I-M-E, and that is a type of ice deposition that occurs quickly, often under heavily humid and windy conditions. Technically speaking, it's not a type of frost since usually supercooled water droplets are involved, in contrast to the formation of hoarfrost in which water vapor desublimates slowly and directly. Ships traveling through Arctic seas may accumulate large quantities of rime on the rigging, but unlike hoarfrost, which has a feathery appearance, rime generally has an icy and solid appearance. A frost advisory is issued when conditions warrant the development of frost, especially in low-lying areas. Frost usually forms on those cold nights with very little wind, aided by a large area of cold high pressure. Again, frost can develop when temperatures are above freezing, but when temps are forecasted to fall below freezing for at least three hours, then a freeze warning is issued. Freeze warnings are only issued in the fall and spring. In the fall, a freeze warning is usually issued once, when the forecasted temperatures are expected to be cold enough to put an end to the growing season. Temps from 29 to 32 degrees for a few hours overnight will kill off sensitive plants, but temps below 28 degrees tend to harm the most hardy vegetation. In the spring, freeze warnings are issued after the growing season starts and is an alert to farmers and gardeners to be sure and protect their crops. Here's some things to know if you get under a frost advisory or a freeze warning in the spring. Wet soil holds heat better than dry soil, protecting roots and warming air near the soil. Bed sheets, drop cloths, blankets, and plastic sheets make suitable covers for vulnerable plants. 
use stakes to keep material, especially plastic, from touching the foliage. But be sure to remove the coverings when temperatures rise the next day. When we start seeing frost advisories or freeze warnings in the fall, then we know what's just around the corner. Winter. 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 If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. So let's just hope we don't have any more freezing out. Those farmers, man, you know, if it keeps freezing their crops, we're, food prices are going to go up again. And again? Well, let's, I hope not. So I think once this cold snap is over, I think we're going to be good. I think so. Yeah. Like you said, it's it'll be May. We're yeah. Good. We're good. Okay. It's time to get to the next segment, which is in other news. I've got a couple of things. Well, actually, one thing, and then uh, we both have something. So um, I found this article. The... Uh, it's called Greenland and Antarctic ice sheets are melting rapidly and driving sea level rise. The new satellite data finds. So the satellites out there, um, it's, uh, they've, uh, they're talking about the Earth's ice sheets. They've lost enough ice over the past 30 years to create an ice cube 12 miles high. Thought that was fascinating. Interesting. Yeah, they said uh, they've combined data from fifty different satellite survey, survey surveys surveys of Antarctica and Greenland, spanning from nineteen ninety two to twenty twenty. So that's a good what twenty eight years, I think. Yeah, uh, that's a long time. Uh, scientists from the Ice Sheet Mass Balance Intercomparison Exercise, or MB. <laughs> They used to track that. So, uh, and I was I was reading down here. It doesn't seem like much because I thought, oh my gosh, all this is rising. Uh, it's risen. The sea level has risen twenty one millimeters. That's almost an inch. There it is. The loss of sea ice is having a significant impact on oceans, pushing up sea levels by twenty one millimeters, just less than an inch, according to the report. Uh, so, uh, but it's, it's that'll it, flood your basement. <laughs> no, last week would have flooded my yeah. basement. Um, they're saying I mean, it's a really cool article. You can find all the stuff about that, but you know, got somehow we've got to get into you know we've got to slow down this climate change stuff. I mean, it is cray. Well, we're gonna they're gonna have to figure something out. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing was, did you see the aurora? No, I didn't either. I didn't see it. <laughs> Maybe if we would have went out away from Branson and got one of those big expensive cameras and done a long <laughs> exposure, I, I'm confident that we could have caught something. I think so. I did a time lapse. I mean, it was a time yeah, lapse. Yeah, but so. we don't have a big expensive camera. No. <laughs> with a nice lens, with a long exposure, DSLR. You know, I, I think we they had some great video from Oklahoma, some time yeah. lapse stuff, some Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, I put the drone up. I couldn't see anything, but uh, there's so wow. much light pollution. Thing is, Branson's not in a good point to see the the aurora. You know why? Well, hills but, number one. Well, I'm not concerned about hills. I'm concerned about uh, which direction is the aurora north? What's right north of us? Springfield. Springfield. That's right. That's my concern. You we know, need, you're we, right. We need no town up there. No big city. That's true because when I end my time lapses for the day, the sun goes down. There's always that glow, yeah, right up there, especially if there's clouds. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to see it tonight. They were talking about a G4 geomagnetic storm, which is uh, considered severe. Uh, uh, you can go Sometimes to space. Sometimes you get messed up radio signals. Yeah, and, and, and technology, you know, start to fail. I didn't hear any reports of that, but that can happen. Yeah, I mean, what it did, it just lit up the the ionosphere, right. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all I got. You got something? Um, I got a tropic report. Oh, we needed. Oh, please. And we're getting there. Yes, we are. So what uh, you got? Well, experts are predicting a below average 2023 season. Ha! You know who the experts are? Uh, Colorado. Colorado State <laughs> University. 
put out their tropical weather outlook. They're calling for 13 named storms. And we're talking, you know, tropical storms and hurricanes. Only 13 this year. That's not much. Uh, Six of which could become hurricanes with at least 74 mile per hour winds. Uh, What's the factor in the below average uh, hurricane season? El Nino. I was going to say El the Nino. El Nino influence is uh, looking to squash uh, chances of, of large hurricanes this year. Uh, they're saying the possibility of two hurricanes might get to Category 3. Might get to Category 3. Hmm. So, you know, we're used to all those bomb cyclones that go to tropical storm to a category four in 24 hours. Is yeah. that going to happen? What's El Nino going to do? I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the actual influence of El Nino on these, on these tropical systems. Yeah. Because those, those, uh, bombo, bombo Genesis storms are, have recently become the new normal in the past eight to 10 years. Yeah. So, but it's been that long since we've had an actual El Nino, too. That's true. So what's going to happen? Yeah, we've been stuck in this La Nina phase, and now that's over. (laughs) Yes. So El Nino and tropical systems, they they fight each other. They don't mix that well. Okay. So. So cooler than average. I haven't seen the actual NOAA uh, hurricane report. I'm sure it's out by now. You think? But the... Colorado State University does a great job. Yep. At this. They really do. So uh <coughs> they're the same uh Colorado I don't even know where that is, Colorado State. Mm. I know where Colorado University is. So uh how that school gets to be uh, an expert in tropical systems is beyond <laughs> me, you know? Uh yeah, didn't we, didn't we kind of poke fun that the avalanche every societies time, in every, Miami, Florida? Every time, every time. <laughs> no, I'm very. I don't. Doesn't NWS come out in May? I I can't remember. It's be- well, way before the season. May fifteenth is the Pacific Hurricane start of Pacific Hurricane season. Okay. Now you were referring to Atlantic. Yeah. You, you, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, hmm. usually it's about the same time. Okay. They, they do. They issue those. So, ooh, yeah. maybe next week. Maybe we'll look for it. It'll be May first next week. <laughs> oh, gosh, can you believe that? Well, I got one more thing here. Okay. If I can bring it up without these pop up ads over <laughs> my phone. No, I hear that. Uh, a lightning bolt okay. that struck a tree on Florida's west coast has produced a fascinating type of phosphorus material we have not seen. Ever on Earth before. Ooh, a new chemical. It's one that could represent an entirely new mineral group, bridging the gap between space minerals and minerals found on Earth. The material, which is a close match for calcium phosphate, was found trapped inside a fulgurite, which is a metal glob formed by the reaction of the ultra-hot lightning bolt with the sand You've, you've, I, I have heard of the lightning striking the sand and, and forming these really cool, like, glass. Yeah, yeah, I have heard that. Well, it's this mineral is inside that glass, and uh, wow, they're fossilized. It's like a fossilized lightning. Uh, this this weird rock that they've never noticed before. How how they're. Why are they calling it fossilized? Because, you know, generally you think of a fossil of, a, of a, an ancient rock that's... Yeah, know, millions of years yeah, old. Yeah, but. Yeah. So this is... Uh, often occur, It often occurs when lightning strikes certain types of sand, silica, and rock. What's much less common is to find something so unique hidden inside one of these structures. It's a really cool... Uh, it looks like a... Alien being with fossils all over it. <laughs> Where can I'll people? Show, I'll show Randy this. Okay, but I, but this a stupid pop up ad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See that thing? Isn't that weird? It's got all this stuff growing on it. I won't say what I think it looks yeah. like, but it's interesting. Maybe that's what it is. 
Wouldn't that be something? But they're pretty excited about this because it's a kind of a new element or a new mineral that they've never really uh, had before. So uh, it's just amazing what lightning can do. I mean, oh yeah, lightning is is str- strong enough to melt rock, and it's definitely strong enough to melt people too. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and they say it's hotter than the sun. Absolutely. Hot, I mean. You know, when, you, when you're growing up, you think, well, the sun, it's, you know, 96 million miles away, and it can burn you on Earth, yeah. but lightning is hotter than that. It can, it, I, I think it's fascinating. Uh, it's scary, like when lightning strikes a tree and the whole inner core catches on fire. And it, like, cooks from the inside. That's weird. Yeah. Kind of like nature's microwave, you yeah. know? Exactly. <laughs> what, so where can people, where can we find that? I want to research uh, it. Go to sciencealert.com. ScienceAlert.com. Yeah. Uh, I, if I remember, I'm going to put or that in the show Google, notes. Google uh, lightning mineral or uh, fossilized lightning rock. I'm sure it'll all come up. Uh, ooh, fossilized lightning rock. There's three words I've never, ever put together in my <laughs> life. <laughs> fossilized lightning They rock. need to get one of those over here at Ripley's, believe it or not. Yeah, there you, you know, go. Yeah. There you go. And then they need to come be on the podcast. <laughs> All right, is that all you got? That's all I got. Okay, let's get to the last segment. It's the weather word of the week. And it's time for the Storm Dark Weather Weather Word of the Week, and we're going to toss it, Corey. So this, what did I can't talk, so you talk. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I have a lot of questions with this one. Well, it's two words, but yes. <laughs> the words of the week. Yes. Water year. And yes, yeah, I said water year, water year. A what? water year is the time period between <laughs> October first and September thirtieth. So every day, <laughs> <laughs> but it starts on October first. Okay, <laughs> so it ends on eleven fifty nine p.m. <laughs> on September thirtieth. <laughs> And a new one kicks in October 1st. Happy new water year. <laughs> so I think that water year should have a number next to it, like water year 23. Yeah. 2023. <laughs> so is that like a fiscal year? where I, Probably. Or, or like an education year, teacher year, where it starts right. in August or through July or something. Uh, yeah. I, what, I are they, what are they counting there in the water year? You know, it didn't say. Yeah. I mean, I found it, it, it's actually in the National Weather Service glossary. I find all these words, and there's an extensive glossary. Uh, and I saw water year, and I thought, okay, that's going to spark some uh, conversation. <laughs> Sometimes I find some old bottles of water in my closet outside <laughs> from like an old camping trip, and I drink it, and I go, yeah, this is, this is definitely a good year, water year. <laughs> it's like three years old. Tastes like the bottle that it's in, but it must have been a good year. <laughs> it's kind of like champagne. Yeah. <laughs> it's aged. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. I think we're going off the, off the rails here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Lots of information on this. I'm glad you did the lightning rock. I'm very fascinated by this lightning mineral. It's really cool. Fossilized, fossilized lightning rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could do that. Anyway, hopefully this frost and freeze crap will be over I, and we can I think so yeah I mean the low tonight is 44 but, but we've got cloud cover coming in and that kind of here's thing here's my thoughts on that is we that cold air from up north it always drains down it has to drain out it has to go somewhere and it did not get cold earlier on in the spring we had we had above normal temperatures we were in the summer basically we yeah had nine almost week did we get to 90 or almost to 90 one time oh i'm sure we have so all that cold air was blocked up there it was stuck up there well finally it's draining down once it drains down we're not gonna have to worry about cold snaps and no polar air coming down anymore so i think we're gonna be okay uh yeah i totally agree and so let's you know next 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 podcast is May. We're going to be in wow. tornado season. Yeah, oh, we're already there. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, really, we've I've had been it. in tornado season since March. Okay, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh, well, by the way, yes, breaking news. Oh, they're calling for extra casting. Uh, you can go down there to Oklahoma, right? Or well, look it up. Okay. Google uh, Twister Two. They're casting extras. They're filming in Oklahoma. 
they filmed the original when I was in college, and I I had a in the green room of our uh, fine art center at the college. There was a poster that said, "Go be a mo- uh, an extra in this movie." They would have taken anybody, and uh, I have a feeling it'll be a lot more harder to get a part in as an extra in the sequel to Twister. I, it's so much more popular wow. now because all these storm chasers, you know. This is over They're twenty years in the right? Oklahoma City area. Perfect. It was released in nineteen ninety seven, year I was married. So it's been twenty five, yeah. twenty six years now. Remember me texting you last week? It was on Friday. Oh, I watch it every year. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. I watch it every year and go, it's wrong. A lot of that stuff is just wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Well, but I mean, people still love it. The Storm oh, Chasers still love it. Yeah, it's entertainment. Yeah, it's <laughs> hokey I and cheesy. It. And going, oh, it's an EF5. Or it's an F5 yeah. coming down the highway right now no! in 1969. What's an F5 and how are they going to know it's an F5 when it's on the ground right now? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> And Helen Hunt, every now and then I want to slap her. Well, yeah, you know, but there's a reason. No, I mean, the cows, I mean, I saw that. It was like, yeah. You know, I'm sure all the meteorologists are going, And every storm chaser, every (laughs) storm chaser in Oklahoma, right after you see a tornado, they all have time to go visit Aunt Meg and have a steak. You know, every time. You know, oh, we got some time between twisters here. We'll get some breakfast. We'll see Aunt Meg. But something happens to Aunt Meg later. Oh. Bet she gets hit by a twister. <laughs> we should just take her with us. This, this is this is what is t- towards the end. This is what I was thinking. Okay, there, it's like the big finale. The big, you know, F twenty five is coming out or whatever. And it's headed right for Wakita. Yeah, and and Helen and the other guy they're they're running for their lives. And there's trucks, semi trucks flying through the air. There's animals, Explosions. things being flattened, but not them. No. <laughs> they're just running through the cornfield. They're and driving fast. No, they're walking. Remember, they, they sacrificed oh, the truck. They, they, they get rid of that truck. Yeah, they, they sacrificed the truck. They get Dorothy up in the sky. Right, so then they can see all the... the, the well, those. see, Bill Paxson is gone. He passed away. You remember when he died uh, in 2017 or so, and you get on radar scope and all the storm chasers spell his name? That was on, cool. That was pretty cool. Well, apparently, and I don't have the insider info, but apparently Twister 2 has to do with with the two main characters' daughter. You know, apparently they had oh. a daughter. Of course, that daughter could be 25 years old now because That's true. it was that long ago. But that movie did so much for... Storm chase the storm chasing community. It wouldn't be what it is today without that one movie. Isn't that unreal? I agree. Yeah, I know it was monumental. Oh, absolutely. When it came out, ninety seven. We didn't have dual pull. We didn't have anything. We We barely had internet. (laughs) I I I had to laugh because once they what the what's Reed calls it what the dominator what the 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 device yeah and then they turn it on and like little like ambulance lights. It's like oh that's so retro. (laughs) You remember that. Yeah. Toward the end. And uh, then the tornado blows it over. It's like, crap, we right. have to go anchor it now. <laughs> and like I said, I watched it again. I was like, oh, okay. It is entertaining. I got to say it is entertaining. It is. It's 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 fun. I mean, I got to watch it every spring. <laughs> I do. Gosh. But if you, I mean, and now in all seriousness, though, if you are an amateur storm chaser, don't put yourself in harm's way. They have... Do they still have those, Corey? Where they have the the tornado chasing groups? You know, where you they think it's a high risk day or whatever, and then you can, oh yeah, yeah you expensive can, too. The yeah, ones you yeah, you get in a van and they just but they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. So, and I get all these people out there, but they just clog up the roads. But so let's like, talk about Reed Timmer. Yeah, <sighs> he's, he's just in the right place at the right time. You you saw that video from that cold tornado? He was right. I know. <laughs> There. He knows what he's doing. He had to back up to make room for the tornado. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was in this thing. Mind blowing. It is. And it, it's funny to see but him people excited. watch that and think, oh, that's the normal thing. That's what I want to do. You know? Yeah. So he's not doing the storm chasing community any, any favors, in my opinion. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's getting some great video. Well, now everything's you got got Instagram, Facebook, absolutely, you got all this stuff, absolutely. So. But 
you get that close and you're not Reed Timmer, you're going to get yourself killed. Right. Because, like, Reed knows what he's doing. You know, and there are storm chasing classes all over the place. I mean, they're free. There's storm spotter classes or storm, all over the not, place. Not, so, uh, yeah, not storm sorry, yeah. Storm spotting classes. Yeah. So you know what to look for. And they sure. show radar. You know what to look for in radar. Blah, blah, and blah. I'll tell you, honestly, the... Depending on where you live, your storm chasing or storm spotting classes are a little different. Uh, I've been to the Springfield classes and I've been to the Tulsa classes. Tulsas are a little more intense and have a little more of a uh, of a hook to get you interested because they had some pretty cool they have some pretty cool storms over there. So yes, uh, they got good examples to use, better examples than what they would use over here in the Ozarks. Oh yeah, and and I stress go every year because technology technology changes. Oh yeah, I mean every Fast year they're going to gonna have something. You know, you know which storm chaser uh, storm spotter class I went to? What's that? San Diego. San Diego. Yeah, because I went and could spot that one in Los Angeles. They have storms over there. They had did once. <laughs> <laughs> remember the tornado warning in Los Angeles? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I I wasn't there. I, I don't oh. know. Oh gosh, yes. So uh, yeah, I have a feeling next podcast we're gonna. And I think since it's May, that I bring out some tornado fun facts. Yeah, I why think. Not? Ooh, I think I'd do that. So anyway, yes. So. Rain coming in, it's not going to be heavy, and I'm curious about that weekend storm that you were talking about. So We'll see if it pans out. It just looked a little interesting to me. Looked a little hairy, but, you know. Ooh, got we'll some teeth see. on it. I like it, that. To we'll, me see. It did. we'll see. <laughs> anyway, so best thing to do is just check, you know, keep watching our page. We'll do it. So, okay, got anything else? Nope. Okay, let's wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like and follow our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.